Well, hello there, Heike Yates here, and welcome to the Pursue Your Spark podcast. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. Guess what, guys? Confetti all around, champagne opening. It is our 100th episode. I am so excited how far the show has come. From me starting about a year and a half ago, all by my lonesome, as I like to say, sharing information about nutrition strategies, fitness, mindset strategies for women over 50, that initially I was all by myself and I thought, how about I share knowledge from other amazing women that are igniting their spark? And the show has just been taken off ever since. So every other week, I'm here by myself sharing what I know you craving what you need to know to move forward in your life, to offer you steps, suggestions, and strategies to help you with your fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, and your mindset strategies. And then my guests are really the icing of the cake, sharing their stories from transformations to divorce to a fitness lifestyle change to overcoming a health scare to whatever it is that they feel so compelled to share with the world. And I'm so honored to have these people here sharing those stories with you to help you even more and letting you know that you're not alone. So with episode 100, that is no exception. Today we're talking about why letting go can make you unstoppable. Well, you may think, Heike, what does it mean to let go? Does it mean to just forget about everything and move forward? Or how do I work about things about my past? How do I let go of feeling stuck in a certain part of my life or with certain people in a a certain job, perhaps? Or just being afraid of doing something extraordinary, doing the things you love to do, or perhaps feeling alone makes you really scared and you can't take it living by yourself, doing things on your own, and you make choices based on that. So today, Jill and I talk about how letting go and why letting go can make you unstoppable. So with that, my friends, I'll see you in a minute. And thank you so much for being here. You have no idea how much that means to me that you chose the Pursue Your Spark podcast to move the needle in your life. I'll see you in a minute. Hi there, you're listening to the Pursue Your Spark podcast. I'm your host and fitness warrior, Heike Yates. And on this show, we empower women over 50 to take back their health and strength with sound fitness, nutrition, and mindset strategies. Our guests on the show share their honest stories so that you'll have the courage to take action knowing that you're not alone in your struggles. Well, hey, everybody. I got an amazing guest for you today, and her name is Jill Sharer Murray. Jill is a TEDx speaker, the author of Big Wild Love, The Unstoppable Power of Letting Go. She's a blogger, coach, and the founder of Let Go For It, a lifestyle brand dedicated to helping individuals let go for a better life. Jill, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Heike. I love the emphasis that you put on the word unstoppable. Oh, absolutely. We, it was great. I empower women and you make them unstoppable. <laughs> there you go. So together we make them exhausted. <laughs> oh, or the powerful, perfect team. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> so Jill, tell our listeners where you grew up, what your life was like, and who you are and where you live. Okay, well, um, I am from the Philadelphia area. So right now I live in an area called Bucks County, which is right in between, pretty much in between New York and Philadelphia. 
And I, um, I grew up in a very healthy, happy, loving home. My parents have been married for 62 years. I'm not gone. You can hear me knock. Um, they're still married. They're still with us, which is just an amazingly wonderful gift. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I had an engagement when I was very young, Heike. I was like in my 20s, but I always knew that I wanted to do so many things in life. And I wasn't really um, the person that wanted to get married quickly and I wasn't with the right person. So I moved on. I broke and I actually broke off an engagement six weeks before a wedding and took off in flight. I think that was sort of like a near death experience and went on to do so many things that I always wanted to do. I've always been a writer my whole life. I've always wanted to have a little bit of wanderlust. I got my graduate degree. I moved to two cities. I wound up in Chicago and I lived there for almost 20 years. And um, I loved it there. It was such a beautiful city, city and I really, I really loved my life there. Uh, I was mostly single, living in the city, and, you know, dating very poorly, um, <laughs> making very bad choices in love. And until I met a wonderful man who I wound up spending 12 years with, I talk about him in my TEDx talk, and he was, he was a wonderful, wonderful person who... Um, taught me a lot about what it meant to be in a healthy, loving relationship with the exception that he just didn't want what I did, which was I wanted, to, at that point, I wanted to get married and he didn't. And I stayed for a really long time knowing that he didn't want what I did. And eventually I got to a point where I, um, I couldn't stay anymore. And so I let go of that relationship. Uh, again, I talk about it in my book and in my TEDx talk, what precipitated that. And I let go of my entire life there because I knew that if I stayed, it would just be sim simply too difficult to not keep going back and forth, you know, back together and then breaking up and back together, breaking up. And so I left, I sold my condo and quit my job and, you know, hugged my friends goodbye and, you know, said goodbye to my dog walker and my hairstylist and all the people that I loved and my favorite sushi restaurant. And I moved back to the Philadelphia area um, at age 41, 42, to start all over again. Now, let and, me ask you, let me yeah. ask you, the first time when you were the runaway bride, how old yeah. were you then? Gosh, I was, I think I was probably about 22. Young. Okay. It's very young. Not, not yeah. a super young, but still young. What made yes. you run away? That's a really good question. And I had, it was actually with somebody I had spent five years of my life with. So we had been together for a really long time. And I ran away because this person didn't treat me right. It wasn't very good to me and wasn't good to me for a long time. And um, I wound up having a moment where I realized, and it was, it was interesting because it, I, I call them epiphany moments, where I realized that if I wound up marrying this person, my life would be horrible. And I, I think I was so, and I talk again a lot about this too, what I call big wild loving. I was so woefully low on big wild loving myself um, I didn't believe at that time that if I, if I moved on, that I would never find someone else to love me and to want to marry me. And so I think deep in my subconscious mind, I thought I should grab this now because, you know, I'm 22 now and someone wants to marry me. And that this takes, may be my only chance. This, this takes a lot of guts and fearlessness to make that move it was well yeah i mean and and what's really a shame heike is that i didn't i didn't realize that about myself at the time i didn't ever really stop to give myself you know credit or to say look at you you know for for being brave and being fearless and and being able to shut something down, even though you were terrified that you may never have another shot at it, but knowing in that moment it wasn't right for you, I never stopped to do that for myself for a really long time. Um, I never just, I just kept moving. I just kept moving, which is what I think a lot of us do 
in our lives when we do hard things or we think, you know, we, we, whether it's our choice or it's not our choice um, to, for example, leave a relationship, we just keep moving. We don't stop and take time for very important reflection. And, and that's what I did. I just kept moving. My reflection point came, you know, some 20 years later when I did it again, only I, that time I did it with someone who was actually lovely and, and a good person, which in some ways made it even harder because there was so much more to lose. You know, the first one was just terrible. I mean, it was like freedom. The second one was just, I wish that it could have been different so much that this person wanted what I did. And in some ways, you know, when you, when you leave in that scenario, you think you're, you question, did I do the right thing? Although I didn't question that for very long, but, but you know, it was two very interesting situations that had the same outcome for me. Yeah. Was it in so. the second relationship? You were together with this guy for 12 years. 12 was, years. Yeah. Was it that you just grew apart like you oftentimes hear when people say, oh, we just grew apart? Or was it something that went from like hot and heavy and this is like amazing to, huh, we don't want the same things? How is that? I think what happened was um, I had another epiphany moment. I had another epiphany moment. It took me a really long time to get there for that one because he was so good. And I kept hoping and wishing that it would change. But I knew for a very long time in that relationship that he did not want what I did. Okay. And I, I was constantly making bargains with myself. Well, you know, maybe I don't need to get married. What is marriage anyway? It's a piece of paper. You don't need to get married to be happy. You know, lots of people get married and they get divorced and they get divorced again. And, you know, here I have this lovely person and I know that he cares about me and I know that he loves me. He just doesn't want to get married. So mm -hmm. why can't mm -hmm. I be okay with that? You know, the same talk track was, you know, maybe this is the best I can do, except now I'm not 22, now I'm 42 or 41. And all of a sudden, you know, all these other new limiting beliefs come creeping in, right? I'm too old to find love now. You know, I watched my other, my, a lot of my friends date and struggle. You know, I'm lucky to have this wonderful person. You know, all the negotiating that we do in our heads that I did for a really long time, instead of listening to my gut, which is, I, I believe the truth inside of us, which was always telling me, you know, you can stay and you can reason it, but you know that this is not going where you, you know the answer. So Did I'm you, just going to wait till you act on it. And so those epiphany moments are what we need to be on our, our lookout for. Because those are the think, things. Did you think at some point that he uh, would change his minds? Because that's what I sometimes hear is like, if I just, I, I'm quoting yes. this out of a, a friend, girlfriend of mine just broke up with somebody that she's been in a 12 year relationship and she's oh. no young chicken either. <laughs> and right. uh, so she broke up after 12 years and for years she kept telling me the same things that, that bothered her about his behavior. And one was that he didn't want to get married, that mm -hmm. life was great the way it was, that he just didn't want what she wanted. And the, she thought, that she could change him by showing him how cool living together is. Did that ever cross your mind? Yeah. Oh, boy, you know, well, I, I have so many thoughts to this. So first of all, <laughs> yes, yes. I reasoned that um, if I was, if I was prettier, if I was prettier, or if I was thinner, or if I was more accommodating, or if I stopped you can't see me, I'm doing air quotes. If I stopped <laughs> nagging him about getting married or other things, or, you know, if I could do or be all these things, but, you know, what we have to come to realize is that it's never about them. It's never about them. It's always about us. We're always bringing into our lives people and situations that reinforce the things we believe to be true about ourselves. And so, for me, um, I had to get to that place where I had to realize that staying with him had nothing to do with him or whether he was going to commit or not commit. I could have at any point in time said, 
listen, you don't want what I want. Okay. I'm going to move on. I mean, you know, he didn't lock me in a room. I always had choices. I didn't have to sit and wait for somebody else to give me what I really wanted from love, which was marriage. And I know that's not the end all be all, but you know, something I wanted to experience. And, um, it's, ne it's never about, it's never about the other person. And that was such a huge experience for me because this was the time that I didn't race into the next thing or run to the next boyfriend, but I sat in that reflection. And what I, what I came to understand, Heike, is that everything I called into my life, including him and including being with him for as long as I did, was all about what I believed about myself and what I deserved, which really started with that first relationship when I was 22, which was the fear of, oh my gosh, I'm never going to find anything better, which can translate into, I don't, I don't deserve anything better. You packed yeah. up your bags. And I like yeah. that you said you left your hairdresser because that's an important one. <laughs> it is. Oh my God. Boy, do I miss my hairdresser now, but yes, it is. A, it's an important thing. Yes. If you move back to Philly, go to the Philly area. Yeah. Is this where you, where you wrote your book, The Big Wild Love, which the title, I just love the title. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Well, I, yes. And, you know, I had no idea that I was beginning to write this book in my mind when I did, because um, I did, because I eventually went on to meet the person that I would marry who was right for me. And I wound up giving a TEDx talk about the experience of letting go of that relationship that went viral, which was yeah. actually very surprising. I don't know why it was surprising to me, but we all struggle so much in, in this particular aspect of love, especially we women, although I do hear from a fair number of men. Um, and, you know, I hear from women all over the world, Heike, like, I mean, I still, to this day, constantly, they'll write to me through my website or on social media, and they'll explain to me these relationships that they're in that are, you know, really just disempowering to them and where they're not being treated well and they're not happy or they're devastated and heartbroken and, they, and they, they've been staying and they've been going back and forth and sometimes for years. And I hear from women of all ages. I mean, I hear from women in their teens to women in their 60s. And what I found was that we are all struggling with the same exact thing, which is a crisis of esteem. We're, we're not loving ourselves. And when I say loving ourselves, I'm not talking about self-care. I'm really talking about that inner exploration that allows us to understand what's driving our choices and to believe that we deserve the things that we say we want. And so I started to feel very compelled that instead of trying to write to people, give the, I was giving them the same answers in, you know, in DMs on Instagram and instant messages on Facebook. And I was writing the same thing over and over. And I was like, okay, now it's time to um, put a book together and answer these questions and give people a tangible process that they can use to not only get answers to these questions around how do I know it's time to let go? What do I need to let go? How can I be sure? How can I trust someone again to here's what you need to know. Here's how to let, here's how to let go, not just of the situation that you have that you may be stuck in or you don't want, but how to move forward and find what you do want. And so that's, that's the book that I wrote and it felt very natural and very organic to write it because people were really coming to me seeking that information. Letting go is very difficult in, in all kinds of circumstances in our life, isn't it? Yeah, it, you know, it is. And I mean, I call the book Big Wild Love because really that's it. Like if you don't have that love for yourself, if you don't have that, I mean, ground under your feet, it's like that safety net for yourself where you know that, okay, I'm going to let go of the situation because it's not giving me what I want. But I know that, yeah, I might feel bad for a while. I might feel heartbroken. I might eat a lot of pizza and gain 15 pounds and be snotty in front of lifetime television for a while. But eventually I'm going to be okay because I have me and I'm strong and I know what I want and I know that I will attract in eventually the things that I want and be happy and I'll be okay because I have myself. People don't feel that. And because letting go involves so much risk, if you don't know that you're going to be okay, 
you'll never let go. You have to believe that you are worthy of the things that you want. And that, and that really inspires the fearlessness and bravery. I mean, I think, I think I had that, a seed of that somewhere inside of me when I was 22 that allowed me to be fearless and brave and end that engagement. And I think we all have it somewhere inside of us and we have to reconnect ourselves back to that first because otherwise it's too scary to let go. It's like jumping out of an airplane thinking there's no net. Um, what does, what so, does it really mean to let go? How, how, can you describe that? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's very different than I think what a lot of people ra reason that they've done. Like I, I'll hear people say, well, you know, I'm in this, in this terrible relationship or, you know, sometimes Heike, they'll say I'm in this terrible job or, you know, I can't lose weight or, um, I have a friendship that makes me feel bad all the time. Like it might not necessarily even be just about love and they'll be, um, they'll say, well, you know, I've let go and I've just accept what it is. And that's, you know, that's not really letting go. Letting go is not about taking a situation that you're in and say, and, and accepting it or normalizing it or figuring out how to cope inside of it or giving up that you have any power in it because those are just short-term strategies designed to help us get through the moment. Letting go is really about detachment. So it's really about saying, um, I have this friend in my life and they hurt me and I'm just going to accept them for who they are and keep moving on and not putting any stock in or having any expectation of them versus we're, we're even saying, you know, I'm going to wish them well and send them into the world with love, knowing that, you know, this is just not a right thing for me instead of, well, I will accept that this is who they are. And then the next time they predictably do what they always do, and this can be in a relationship too, then it's all over again. I'm upset. Why did they do that? Blah, blah, blah. So it's really about really fully detaching, releasing that person, place, or thing so that you don't have that emotion around it anymore. And you have the freedom and the space in your life, in your heart to move on and attract in what you really want. And um, so it's really full detachment. And again, that, that takes time, space, and self-discovery and self-reflection. Yeah. yeah. Is there also the fear of living alone? Oh my God, of course. I mean, I think... Um, but that's so huge. I, it's, it's so huge. And I think it's really huge, especially for women, especially as we get older. Um, I know for me, it, it was always a fear. You know, I, I don't want to be alone. I'll just take this because it's something. It's, you know, it's a pulse and a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I have a guy who can drive at night and has most of his hair. You know, it's all good. Um, <laughs> Could be a dog too. I mean, seriously. <laughs> right, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I think that is such a big fear for us. And it's like, you know, if you really break that down and it's such a good question, it's like, why are we so afraid to be alone? You know? what's going to happen to us if we're alone? If, and it comes back to, you know, we have to love ourselves and enjoy our own company and know that, again, no matter what happens, we'll always be okay because we have us and we can always take care of ourselves. And that is the ultimate freedom. But there is such a huge fear on our part about being alone. And I don't know if that's a female thing or maybe it's a human thing. Um, I've never really, it would actually be a really interesting question to see how men feel about that. Like, do men feel afraid to be alone? I don't know if they feel it the way that we do. I think men just don't talk about these things mm. and they internalize everything. And, yeah. and from my experience working with, with men, not here for the podcast, but they usually don't talk about much about their feelings or what they're afraid of or... right. Uh, what their doubts are. So it's, right. uh, everything's always, everything's cool. It's going to work out. It's going to be fine. Right. Right. As long as they're hunting and gathering, they're fine. Something but like we that. Are, yeah. We are the nurturers, you know? So being alone for us is, you know, hard. It's hard. It's where do we put all that, um, that need to nurture and that need to, you know, care for other people um, at the yeah. same time that we're caring for ourselves. Yeah, you so. see that oftentimes too when the kids leave home mm -hmm. and the mom's left behind and has not established herself outside the children and the family there, oftentimes 
right. stuck and living alone basically because then they separated themselves from the husband taking care of the kids and right. the stories right. that i hear is exactly what we're talking about it's the feeling of freight oh god well, what, what do i do now i can't mm -hmm. let go of what i'm in right now but i'm afraid of being alone if i take that step so why is it so hard to let go jill why is that so what, what holds us really back that it, we could maybe pinpoint yeah i mean i think i think you hit it you hit a large part of it on the head heike i mean i think you know it's so hard for us to be alone because we're afraid you know that we that we won't be okay and and we're afraid that you know i mean i joke about it like i say well you know someday i'm going to be like some old jane doe in a in a hospital bed with like, you know, really long hair coming out of my chin and no one to bring me donuts from the outside, you know? <laughs> and <laughs> I think we're all afraid of that. But I mean, again, it really, what it comes down to is that we just don't have the love for ourselves and the ground under our feet that constantly reminds us who we are and how we have survived so much in our lives and how we know how to be with ourselves in the world in all the many stages of our lives and be okay and even find you know find the joy and find the moment i think you know knowing that we have ourselves to rely on i mean i know you know when i left that relationship and moved from chicago and i started over basically at 42 I mean, I made that vow to myself that whether I moved on, whether I found someone or I didn't find someone, I was going to be happy because there were a lot of ways to be happy. And I think also when you have the ground under your feet, you have the expectation that, you know, life is about ebbs and flows. There's, there's good and there's bad. And we're going to experience all of it. And we're going to be okay through all of it. And I think sometimes people work really hard to avoid feeling bad and avoid feeling pain and avoid feeling discomfort because that's that's bad you know that's something to be avoided instead of saying this is just another part of life and i need to feel it and experience it as part of the full experience of my life all the while knowing that i will be fine that everything will be okay and that's what that's what big wild love has given to me that's that's what i've seen it give to other women um and that's what i've seen mostly lacking in the women and the people that come to me with issues of feeling stuck and holding on to the wrong things and eventually they make the pivot and they're like oh okay there's a lot of freedom to this and it's not it's not that you stop feeling afraid or, or that you stop feeling any of the things that we just feel when we feel change or we feel like we're going to lose something of value, even though it may not be right for us. People who have big wild love know that grief and loss and risk is just all part of the bag and that they'll, they'll be okay. You talked about in your book about some of the limiting beliefs that women have or people have as mm -hmm. you talk to both genders. Mm -hmm. is can you give us some examples of a limiting belief and what would be the opposite of it a, yeah a, just an empowering belief yeah um so i mean i'll talk to my own limiting beliefs um i i had the limiting belief that i had to be a perfect size six to be loved and so if i wasn't a perfect size six i have to take whatever i could get and heike let me tell you i've not spent very much time in this life being a perfect size six um <laughs> hard as i try um so i the opposite of that is i am beautiful and lovable at any size yeah. i deserve love based on who i am holistically and how i give love and how i and how i allow myself to receive love and what i believe about myself um people might say you know a limiting belief is I'm too old to find love again. Uh, a more empowering belief is um, that I'm coming into the prime of my life and I've never had more to offer another person before. And I know that they're out there and I can't wait to meet that person when, when the time is right. So, you know, we can find, we, we can have limiting beliefs about just about anything just about anything. We can look in the mirror 
and see a completely different vision of ourselves based on what we believe than the outside world sees on us. And the problem is that we very rarely stop to think about those limiting beliefs or imagine how they might be derailing us in, the thing, in having the things that we want. I mean, that's what I did not do in those 20 years between that first engagement and then leaving my boyfriend of 12 years was I never stopped to consider why I was making the choices that I was making. What was driving me to those choices? What did I believe about myself? And, you know, when you uncover those limiting beliefs, because it takes work and it takes an, a willingness to really look at yourself honestly for the first time and ask a lot of hard questions, and it might even involve getting help to go through that journey of that process. But once you have those, once you understand the limiting beliefs, then you can change them. And, and you can at least remain ever vigilant so that um, when you feel them creeping back in, you can say, wait a minute, no, that's not true. That's not true. And that's the other thing about beliefs that we have about ourselves is that most of them, which we got in childhood, were given to us when we were, you know, very young and not aware. You know, we get our beliefs so that to help us survive in our childhood dynamic. And then yeah. we use them through adulthood when we're no longer in that dynamic. And so, you know, people will say, gosh, I always date my father. I always date my mother, the parent I had trouble with. And it's because your beliefs never changed. You're you're still there and you're still attracting in, you know, that dynamic into your life. So I loved, I loved exploring all of the, all of the stuff about beliefs because it was so powerful. And as I was researching for my book, I just, I was amazed. I was amazed at how really profound and the impact they have on us and how easily it is for us to look at any given situation and make that conform to what we believe, even if it's false, even if it's not at all close, um, even if it's showing us something completely different. And we all do it. It's not a judgment call. It's just part of being human. But, but having an awareness of it is also very powerful and can be life-changing. What do you think um, the steps are to let go successfully? Where would you start? Well, you know, to me, and this was another thing that really was compelling to me as I was doing my research, was that I just became very compelled with the idea of epiphanies. And so epiphanies are, um, you know, kind of that moment of realization where we can actually see something for the very first time and we're actually willing to see it and take action on it. And so in both of the experiences where I let go of these big relationships, there was always that moment, that epiphany moment that told me you can't look away or, or turn away or ignore it or go back. There, this, this was time for change. And so every letting go process in my mind starts with having that epiphany moment, allowing yourself to see that epiphany that tells you it's time to let go. Mm -hmm. And then um, the other steps of my process really kick off after that. So you know, if we do the letting go, as I said earlier, without taking that time for self-reflection, then you know we're not going to be able to make any meaningful change in ourselves that will lead us to a different outcome. So the second step is really spending time in, the, in your feelings and looking at the experience and, and the role that you played in any lessons that you could take from it. And the third step after you've done that is to figure out what you want, because so many people don't ask themselves that question. I think this is another reason why people are always going and finding themselves gravitated to the same things, because they're, 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 not a, they're not willing to ask the question of what do I want because what if they can't get it? Or what if it doesn't turn out? Or what if it does turn out and it's horrible? Um, so I think if, you're, if you don't have that big wild love, you, you're generally not going to ask yourself what do I want because you won't believe that you're even worthy of what you want or be able to get over the fear of staking claim to it because what if you don't get it? What does that say about you, you know? Yeah. Um, and that brings so, me to another question is why do women yeah. feel less that they deserve less and take less in life? What do you think? I think it all comes back to those limiting beliefs. I really do. 
And I think it's what we believe about ourselves, what's been role modeled for us, what's been reconfirmed for us through our experiences. You know, if we're um, struggling in dating, then looking back at all those failed experiences. Um, and I think it's because we don't stop to get to know ourselves enough and what motivates us to make the choices that we make. Yeah, and they change, I, I find they change too with every 10 years that I'm adding that what I want, what I need changes. And I'm thinking, okay, I want something totally different than I did in my 30s. Right. And right. it's okay to feel that way. Yes, it's, it's more than okay to feel that way. In fact, it's normal to feel that way. It, I, if we're doing life right, we have to always be moving through this process of self-examination and reinvention. You know, I say, you know, we're, we're never done letting go. And I, I used to say this, Heike, I used to say, you know, as long as life changes and we change or we leave the house. But you know, now that we don't, we're not leaving the house, you yeah. know, we still have to let go and we're still changing. We always have to have a readiness to let go of that person that we thought we were or the maybe the goals that we things that we thought we wanted you know it's so interesting to me I, I i know a lot of people who are writers and painters and whatever and who've always wanted to act on their their various creative activities and maybe they have it for many years and maybe some of them have have lost the desire but they feel almost like they're betraying themselves by saying i don't really want to do this anymore it's almost like they think they're giving up or they're betraying themselves by saying their truth, which is that they've changed, but people change. And that's a good thing. That means that we're, that we're full on in the experience of life and we're not, we're not avoiding it. We're not avoiding those transitions. Yeah. That's a good point. Not to avoid the transitions and get him head on and, and see the, the end goal or the big picture of where you are right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, especially as we get older, you know, I mean, look, I'm in my fifties now. I don't have the same energy that I had when I was in my twenties or my thirties. I mean, that's okay. I'm looking at my life through the lens of where I am in this very moment. And, and that's such a good, and I love that you've brought this up because it really is about being in the present moment of your life and deciding in that moment, what you want and what's right for you and letting go of whatever is standing between you and that. And those things shift and change all the time, which is another reason why we have to be so connected to ourselves. We have to be so connected to our, our gut and our instincts and you know, our, the truth inside of us, our own voices, not the voices that we hear that may have told us to do things or not do things in the past that have influenced the lives that we've built for ourselves that have not been right for us. Like, you know, not being influenced by our, our parents' voices or, you know, the, the voice of convention, if we're not conventional or that we're supposed to be or do or behave a certain way, um, that we have to be consistently in touch with our own voice and have trust and faith. You know, I have a lot of women who will write to me and they'll say, you know, I just come off of a really hard breakup and I don't, I just can't go out again because I don't know how I could trust somebody else. And I'm like, it has nothing to do with someone else. You don't know how to trust yourself to make a better choice for yourself. So start there. It's the relationship we have with ourselves. It never has anything to do with other people. We bring the other people in because they, we need to, we need to learn something. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So this process of, of limiting beliefs, working through the limiting beliefs and, and our own growth is not only limited to love, correct? Yeah, no, it's, it's really not. It's really not. It's really, it's really about, um, and the process I lay out in my book, The Six Steps, is really for anybody who is stuck anywhere in their lives. It could be you know, a job, a career, a friendship, 
you know, they're stuck on their, you know, maybe it's body image issues, which I know are very, you know, common for us women, especially us women who come from a certain time. It could be mindset. And, you know, it's not even about letting go of something holistically. So it's not about letting go of an entire marriage or a relationship or an entire job, but maybe it's letting go of a behavior or a perspective or a particular issue inside of that relationship that is standing between you and the other person and the, and being able to have the full on relationship that you want. So, you know, I, I try to say to people and caution them, like, I'm not saying if you're married, get a divorce. I'm not saying, you know, if you have a job and you have an issue inside of it that you should just, you know, quit your job. It's really about when you know what it is that you want. Maybe you, maybe you have a great marriage, but there's that one thing in your marriage that's really a struggle. Like for example, um, maybe you're, you married someone who has children and the struggle is step-parenting but the rest of the relationship is great. And it's just the this, this step parenting issue that needs to be worked through where there's issues around letting go. Um, maybe there's, I, I had one person write to me, she was having a, a struggle in her relationship with her partner because they had decided that they could afford one of, they could afford to have one of them um, retire. And so they decided that they would, that it was going to be this, this one, the, the woman who wrote to me, and she said, except that I'm struggling to let go of my job and, let, and to retire. And my partner is getting very anxious and angry with me because I'm not moving fast enough. Inside of that situation, there's so many things to let go of for her that don't include letting go of the whole relationship, which is, which is wonderful. You know, it's just an issue inside of it. So we're, we're letting go organically every single day of our lives. And um, so you know, it's really not just about love. And, and the process that I have put together, I have been very thoughtful about over time. And I find that it, it really does work through all of these different experiences. We may come into it or enter into it in a different place, or we may jump a step as, as the situation depends on it. But most of the time, it's really moving through each one of these things to identify what you need to let go of and then figure out how to get to that thing you want. Um, so and so, what, is the, what yeah. is the one step that a woman can take that feels stuck in a situation? Like the one, the one, the one thing that you say, girl, you do this. Yeah, I mean, I think she, I would say, sit down with yourself and ask yourself, um, what do you want? And then I would, and then I would write down, what do you have? And then I would compare them. And that's pretty basic way to see if you have what it is that you really want or to come to the epiphany of, oh my God, I have no idea what I want. Or to come to the epiphany of, oh my God, this is what I want. And this is nowhere close to what I want. Um, you know, and I think there's other things that people could do, which is because so many times people say to me, how do I know when it's time to let go? And I think that's a, always a great first thing to do. But I also do think it's an exploration of the beliefs, which could be something as simple as, um, you know, if, they're, if it's in love, you know, completing a sentence over and over in a journal. I, I'm a big journal um, proponent that says, you know, I believe I deserve X in love. I believe I deserve X in love as many times as you need to do it and fill, you know, complete that sentence as often as you can. What happens, I think, is people learn things about themselves, even through just those simple exercises that they never, they never thought about before or imagined before. Um, so, yeah. That's good advice because oftentimes you hear stories and you're like, but where do I start now? I'm, I, I don't have problems with my love. I have problems with my weight or like you said, you know, not exercising or whatever it is. Uh, and that's good to get something going and say, yeah, okay, here is what I have, what I don't have. I like that because we keep overlooking the things we have and just put value on the negative. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I mean, that's a great way to pinpoint 
you know, the things that you have, but the things that you don't have. And then that's a great starting point for change, you know, is when you know what direction you need to head in. Um, and then I, you know, I always believe that we need to look for the epiphanies. We need to be open to the epiphanies. Every situation where I've let go, and I've done it in love, and I've done it in work, I've done it in friendship, I, I've done it in so many mindset, and all the places that we need to let go, I believe we've had so many epiphanies that we just have not been willing to see because we're afraid of change, and we're afraid to feel bad and feel hurt. But if we could get ourselves to a place where we are open to the epiphanies, which will tell us what, need, what we need to do, where we need to change then that is a huge win. And, you know, that's really about getting still and, you know, going, getting silent for reflection and being willing to go there and then being willing to look at what your intuition and your gut and is telling you, what that moment is telling you. And, you know, I had so many epiphanies in both of those relationships along the way, so many over and over and over. I call them like, little earthquakes, you know, little tremors. And I saw them and I waved them off because I didn't want to see them. But if I had seen them sooner, I probably would have created change for myself a lot sooner. So um, it's keeping an eye out for those little flashes of insight that come to you about the situation that you know are true. You know they're true. And taking action on them. Yeah, I like that. I'm a big action taker. So Action, ladies, that's where we're taking action. Let's do something about it. Right, right. Even if that's saying, you know, I need to change. I need to change. I can't look back. I can't look away. And now I need to move through that process, which is understanding how I'm feeling and what do I want and how are my options and what do I need to let go of and how do I create a plan to get there? And um, not just thinking about it and talking about it and ruminating on it for so long that it it's just becomes another part of your life that you do nothing about. Yeah. So, yeah. Jill, I have a few quick fire questions for you. Ready? Okay. <laughs> Based on your experience, what would you tell other women? That you, you deserve the things that you want in life and that they are available to you. If, you believe it. I can tell you all day long, but if you don't believe it for yourself, it won't happen. What values are most important to you? Mm. Um, honesty, integrity, creativity, um, love, um, fun, <laughs> um, authenticity, being real, just being a real person, being able to connect human to human. What is one of your strengths? Well, I like to talk, Heike. I don't know if you figured <laughs> that out yet. Um, <laughs> I'm a pretty good writer and a pretty good speaker. And I'm a good friend. And I'm a great wife. Great wife. So, okay, I guess that this is, this, this is the one strength. I'm a great wife. I like that. <laughs> What was the biggest risk you ever took? The biggest risk I ever took was, uh, that's a really good question. I'm sure there are so many that I haven't thought of, but I'm going to say leaving my whole entire life at age 41. Yeah. What does it mean was, for you to stay healthy? Um, it means really, really honoring, honoring myself and doing, doing what I know to be best for me because it's an act of big wild love versus an act of rebellion or an act of what I think I should be doing for myself. So, um, for example, I love my mother. She's wonderful. I think like many mothers of my mother's generation, she put a lot of pressure on me to be a certain weight and to eat a certain way. And for many years, I rebelled against that. Even though my body or I wanted something that was, quote, you know, healthy for me, 
I wouldn't have it because I felt like, well, I'm going to have cupcake. But now it's really about honoring my own needs and urges and, and need for nourishment in a certain way. And it's also about making time for that meditation, um, movement, you know, getting up every morning. We walk three and a half miles, whether we like it, rain, snow, shine, whatever, we do it. So it's really honoring those commitments to myself as an act of big, wild love. And finally, what do you hope to achieve by sharing your story? I, I really hope, this is what I really hope to achieve, Heike. I wish more than anything that when I was in my 30s and I was stuck in a relationship that wasn't doing it for me, that I could have seen a woman on a thing such as a smartphone basically telling me, you're going to be okay. Just do it. Just do it for yourself. And so I hope that this work that I put out in the world around letting go helps other people, other women who might be stuck there, other young women and older women to understand that it's okay. It's okay to let go. You'll be fine. You'll be better than fine. You deserve what you want. I love it. And finally, where can people learn more about you and connect with you? So they can find me on my website, which is uh, www.letgoforit.com. And I'm on social media. I spend most of my time on Facebook and Instagram at Let Go For It. And I'm on LinkedIn at Jill Shira Murray. And um, yeah, um, they can Google me, find me, all kinds <laughs> of places. There's lots of, there's lots of self-Googling that goes on in this house. So yeah. Oh, well, you got to Google and find out. You're surprised, but sometimes what you find out about yourself. I know, I know. <laughs> so Joe, thank you so much for sharing your story and all the advice about the big wild love and the unstoppable power of letting go. It was a pleasure talking to you today. And I know that my listeners loved hearing your story and your advice. Oh, thank you, Heike. It was great fun. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. Take care. Okay, you too. All right. Bye-bye. So what do you think? Are you ready to let go of it, whatever it is in your life? Did you get strategies to overcome the things that hold you back in your life? I hope you did and you take action today. Please reach out to us on Instagram or on Facebook and let us know how this episode has impacted you, touched your life and what it perhaps changed in your life. We love to hear from you. And before I sign off, I want to make sure that you know that the four-week Lean Out program is just about away one week from today when this episode airs for you to register to join the four-week lean-out program for women over 50 who are igniting their spark in fitness, nutrition, and their mindset strategies. A link will be in the show note, and I'll see you next week on the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Have an amazing day. I'll see you then. Ciao.